Well, Ulysses, we've more or less reached the midway point of spring training, and we have some observations as far as the Rays go anyway. And perhaps some stats. Sam small sample size, but some stats as well. So let's get started right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure you check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Rays as well as all the other podcasting platforms that are available. We are also on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Rays and email us anytime. You can even send us a voice memo that way, LockdownRays at gmail.com. So uh, we've, I honestly don't know how many more games are left in spring training. I just know that we're in the vicinity of the midway point of spring training. And I believe the Rays are just about 500, I think nine and eight last time I checked, not that it really matters. Look, uh, spring training records and stats at the end of the day, don't matter. Don't count. It's glorified scrimmages. Kansas city, for example, is 14 and five. What does that tell you? Um, but having said that, uh, there certainly are some things to glean or at least some, some observations and takeaways that we can, make and have fun with so with that uh ulysses what has tickled your fancy caught your eye thus far weeks into spring training well my couple takeaways of course because it's the world baseball classic do have some world baseball classic flavor and the first one kevin it's um a slave is pasabe the the kid from venezuela from sulia like i know people it's only 21 plate appearances. We all know small sample sizes, but his numbers, dude, a 474 average, 524 on base, 684 slug. That's a one daughter, 1208 OPS. Um, he's athletic. He's a middle infielder. I haven't heard awful things about the glove. Uh, so given all of that, this kid, uh, I it won't be this year. But come next year, you want somebody in, in, in the utility role, maybe what we all thought Taylor Walls or Vidal Brujan could be. Oslavis Basava is kind of like knocking at the door right now saying, hey, put me in, coach. So Basabe, who um, you can uh, kind of salivate at the bat, um, maybe not quite yet the power, but just um, sort of that Yandy Diaz mold of – approach and ability to square up uh bat to ball uh you don't think he makes any appearance for the race this year i would put it on the very low percentage i think i think uh taylor Walls would have to be injured and vidal brujan is has been traded and you know i think a lot of dominoes would have to fall for a slavis basaba to get the call up um i i don't see it maybe as a september call up Right. I, I, I would see yeah. that. Maybe September call up before we had limits on 28 man rosters instead of 40 man rosters. That might have been a consideration there. Yeah, sure. it seems like as of right now, yes, there are a lot of infield types on the 40 man roster. We haven't even mentioned Jonathan Aranda or Curtis Mead 
as of this point. But um, so as far as a podium goes, though, with Basabe, are you more bullish on him compared to Taylor Walls and or Vidal Brujan in 2024, 2025? Yeah, I am. I, I've, I, I am not ready to, to scratch off Taylor Walls and Vidal Brujan's bat ability in, in, in MLB. But after this season, I will. After this season, I will. I mean, if if Taylor Walls is given the opportunity for another 300 at-bats uh, and he kind of performs like he did last year, then that's the kind of player that he is. And, and that's okay. Like, you can be that player and you can have a major league, car- a, a major league career for, for multiple years, Kevin. Yeah. But it can't be with a team that, he, that has an anemic offense. You just can't carry that. And the Ray and the Rays know that because they couldn't carry Brett Phillips. So you can't carry somebody like that. Uh, I, I understand there are a lot of positives about Taylor Walls. The, the base running is incredible. He's a fast guy. He his work ethic is up through the roof and 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 the glove is tremendous. You gotta give me something on the other side, though. You gotta give me something because People usually like now that there are so many stats that you can kind of build a narrative. People are like, but look at this side. Look at all of the things he does well on this side of the ball. But it's overall value, people. It's overall value. Um, So overall, mm, yeah, I'm more bullish on the Slavis Basabe right now. But I'm not saying that Tara Walls and Vidal Brujan are completely off the page. I I think they're still playable. For the record, uh, Basabe played 55-plus games at AA last season, so I would think he would need some more seasoning. But at every level, it's like he's hitting 320, 330. And I mentioned Yandy Diaz comps. He's Yandy Diaz with wheels. He can steal a bag for you, and he can play theoretically second, third, or shortstop. I would not be surprised in the least if, if the Rays are in the business of clearing some of those infield spots. Vidal Brujan, see you later. I don't want to go into all the names, but I would think of if uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think that the organization probably is more bullish on Basabe than than several of the other infielders that are on the 40 man right now. It's just he's love, not quite ready yet. He needs more seasoning. And that's why I said I don't think you're going to see him in 2023. Like you give him the every chance he 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 can to get better at AAA and see that type of pitching. I, you know, you, you mentioned Yanni Diaz. Uh, it's a good comp. Two walks, two strikeouts in 21 plate appearances for Oslavis. Mm. So I, I really do like that. And, but, and the Rays need him to pan out considering he was yeah. a return in the Nate Lowe deal and what Nate Lowe is do- doing for the Texas Rangers. Look, Basabe and Nate Lowe are two completely different players, but you still want that guy or those guys acquired in that deal to work out, uh, you know, again, Basabe, I don't think is ever going to be a, a 25, 30, 35 homer guy like Nate Lowe, but he can serve a role for you uh, in time, hopefully. And, and, and he doesn't have to be right. You can always give give value a, a different a different way. But uh, you did mention a name, which is my second uh, takeaway. And again, a little WBC flavor. I am I mentioned this on Monday's episode which basically just became like an, a rant. Um, <laughs> a rant but... against me for hating the World Baseball Classic or not getting on <laughs> it board. Wasn't, it. it wasn't uh, targeted at anybody specifically, but 
I did say I, I came up with it. I think Jonathan Aranda is basically a a non-factor in the opening day roster, given the fact that he was allowed to play in the WBC. Uh, I think they said, mm-hmm. hey, man, you're not part of the opening day roster. If you want to do it, go do it because, you know, we're not counting on you, which therefore means Luke Rayley and Josh Lowe have apparently made the opening day roster like it. it I think the writing is on the wall yeah. because of Jonathan Aranda going to the WBC. I don't know if you agree with that. No, I, I agree with that. Um, that's uh, an astute point you made there, and I wouldn't necessarily have focused too much on the Aranda thing. I was just kind of focusing more on what Luke Rayleigh and Josh Lowe have shown thus far in spring training. So um, that's the way it's looking, I think. And um, again, Luke Rayleigh, I think if he can handle – first base, then the Rays would certainly be okay with carrying Rayleigh and Josh Lowe on the opening day roster, uh, assuming that Rayleigh plays first and and J-Lo plays in the outfield and maybe some DH for Rayleigh as well. And that's the thing is we talk about Basabi, we talk about Aranda, we haven't even mentioned Curtis Mead. Like, there's a glut there. I feel like, you know, if, if the Rays are struggling out the gate um, with some offensive firepower and punch, Maybe you can come up with some sort of package of Aranda plus Bruhan, or take your pick, pick your poison to acquire um, some sort of veteran presence on the roster. Yeah, and every year that glut gets that gets heavier. It seems like in twenty since twenty nineteen since we've yeah. done this podcast, like it, every year it just gets heavier and heavier that that farm system. So I mean, we'll before think- you know it, you got Kyle Manzardo, you've got Mason Hour. You've got Carson Williams. I mean, I know there's different timelines for all those guys, but those are, those are the next wave of individuals that are knocking on the door. And, and again, you you still have the Aranda Lowe's and 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 Bruhans that either put up or be traded. Like yeah. that's you get you know that that's where they are right now because the next guys, the next wave is coming. Yeah. Certainly. Uh, The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That is because new customers get a no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a larger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet for up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So getting to a couple of my uh, large-scale takeaways from spring training thus far, and I've got to be frank, I have watched very, very little spring training baseball. Uh, really, the only spring training baseball that I have watched has been in person, one of those being a Phillies-Tigers game. Uh, the other, so I can give you a Parker Meadows and Austin Meadows scouting report if you so choose. And then the other being a uh, Rays in Philly spring training game in Clearwater, which was the temperature red. 
82, 83 degrees, but it felt like 95 in the baking sun. I mean, a great mm. day for baseball and a great day for drinking beers and, and staying hydrated. But, man, it, it felt like 95 compared to 82. A lot more race fans than I would have expected out of the 7,500 fans that That's were nice. at uh, the uh, Clearwater Ballpark, if I may add. But um, one thing that I wanted to turn, I'm glad you mentioned it, Taylor Walls. So he is evidently back in action after missing the first couple of weeks of spring training and workouts due to that oblique. So having said that, um, are you under the impression that he is going to make the opening day roster now that he is uh, getting back into the swing of things, uh, literally and figuratively in mid uh, March right now? Yeah, I think okay. I think they're just taking it, you know, very cautiously with him because they really do like him and because they want to carry him opening day. I'm pretty, I'm sure that if it's July, he would have been playing. Yeah. But you know, why, why do that on March 8th? It doesn't make sense. And you know, so yeah, yeah. I and think he'll, he'll be fine. Given his return, uh, John Romano with the Tampa Bay times wrote a little ditty on Taylor walls. Uh, he has, um, evidently made some minor adjustments to his stance at the plate to hopefully address some issues with pitches up in the zone and making solid contact with hittable pitches, um, which I went back and looked at some video of Taylor Walls from last season. And I think he, between batting righty and lefty, like he had like five or six different batting stances. Like he was just trying to find something that would stick. So maybe working with this private hitting instructor, uh, will do him wonders because uh, per this Romano article, uh, Taylor Walls said history and not in a good way because in the last 100 years, only three players have ever had a batting average below 175 while staying in a lineup long enough to get at least 450 plate appearances. The first two were Chris Davis and Adam Dunn. Obviously, we know them as a power hitter, Taylor Walls, more known for his defense and getting at bats because of circumstance and injury and so forth. So, it got me thinking about, I, I wasn't necessarily today uh, focusing on this episode of, hey, let's talk about Taylor Walls. But now that I think about it, last year he got 466 plate appearances. This year he's going to get question mark. I'm trying to figure out what that number is. Is it going to be 250? Is it going to be 300? Is it going to be 350? Is he going to make major, major improvements with the bat? We know he can steal a bag we know he can draw a walk we know he can work a count it's just about being able to do damage on pitches he's supposed to do damage on i mean if you look at his savant numbers they're uh dreadful to say the least um so that's the question is i'm wondering how many ab's that taylor walls is going to get well he only got that many last year because of all the injuries right we right. we 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 know this you know that they, they didn't have any other plan this was it hey taylor please take care of this for us so what was that you said 466 plate appearances yes. yeah that's um that's no bueno when you have a 66 wrc plus wow yeah i keep forgetting it was that low man 66 wrc plus yeah i if it's anything like that if it's any anything like 70 60 75 Anything below 80, right? You can't give him more than 300 at bats. You, you can't. Yeah. You can't, cannot do it. Well, unless he, everybody, unless everybody's just jacking the heck out of the ball, 
Randy's going off. Isak, you know, and, and Brendan right. Lau is back to 2021. Maybe. But a dude that's giving you 66 WRC plus, I mean, you can you can write sonnets about his defense. Right. I don't care. I would just show you 66 WRC plus. And then you would have to say, yeah, you're right. We can't, we can't play that guy. We can't play that guy for 466 plate appearances. You can't. Yeah. It's it's base it's a baseball crime. And and depending on who's pitching that day and how they work the bullpen and so forth and align the defense, like yes, Taylor Walls is a terrific elite defender at multiple positions, but how many balls is he getting per game? How many balls are coming his way? Now Again, I think his defensive value goes up several ticks because of the limited defensive shifts. But there could be games where he only gets one or two or zero balls hit his way. But he might be at the plate three or four or five times in a ball game. Um, So that'll be really interesting to see how that shakes out. That's the first thing. Uh, I also wonder if, I mean, he's got a get above the Mendoza line this year. Like if he doesn't, I know we talk about batting average and, and everybody likes to poo poo that, but if you don't get above the Mendoza line like that, what is your future with the organization going forward? Kevin, I understand when people say batting average is sometimes obsolete or it's not the whole complete picture. I get that. I understand yeah. that. And, that, and, and they are right. Now, when you say that it's obsolete, I I can't help but just think, tell me a player who's hit 180 that's really good. Yeah. It's not obsolete. Batting average is not the whole picture. Like people used to think, oh, 300 average, like that's right. good. But let me, you know, give me more information about the guy. Um, but there has never been in MLB history, and, and it, there will never be a guy that hits 175 and and goes to the Hall of Fame or is a multi all-star guy or is ever a top yeah. player in the league like that just doesn't exist and Unless it will never exist I'm yeah. sorry so no when you, when he puts up numbers like this dude I just just if everybody does not have them memorized here you go 172 average 268 on base a 285 slug I I yeah, I can't, I, I can't. Well, here's the thing. So if his numbers stay in that ballpark, and hopefully they don't, hopefully these changes mirror themselves. And it's not just because, I mean, we hear about this all the time. This is just, you got to write about something during spring training. And everybody, not everybody can have the best swing of their life, be in the best shape of life, feel like the, the they're going to have the best year of their life. Like sure. guys are going to go off the rails, but spring training is a time for hope and optimism. And, Oh, this guy looks good. Oh, this guy's doing this again. You're planning glorified scrimmages. You, you might've done a bunch of work in the off season and it might not matter a lick. And that could be the case with Taylor walls. But I'll tell you if Taylor walls has in this vicinity of numbers and WRC plus and uh, everything that's tied in with that, the more at bats he has, the worst that the Rays are off. So we should look at it as a scale. If if this if we're looking at 2022 Taylor Walls in 2023, the fewer at bats, the better. So if if he's forced to get 450, 460 at bats, you're, you're looking at a team that's probably going to win, you know, 84 to 86 games. If you see Taylor Walls again with these numbers in 2023, 
and he has 200, 250 at bats, then that tells you that guys are staying healthy and guys yeah. are stepping up in other ways. Exactly. Very well put. Very concise. I, I love that. That's exactly how it should be. Now, if you wanted to be a super positive person and, and you think, oh, these guys are just focusing on the negative, I will tell you this. Every projection, if you go to Frank, if, if Fangraphs, Zips, Bad X, ATC, FGTC, Steamer, all of them, they do give them a projection, uh, a projection WRC plus between 78 and 91. Okay. So that would be an improvement. Hopefully that comes true. A, a, a better offensive Taylor walls is great. Like yeah. it, it would be perfect. Um, you know, because that, that would be such a, a valuable utility guy for the race yeah. to have, but yeah, I, I hope so, man, but I wouldn't, you know, right. I'm not, I'll wait until I see it happen. That's fair. Uh, the other observation I have, and not really on the field necessarily, but uh, Ulysses, have you been to a spring training game at the Trop yet? No, not at the Trop. Okay. Have you, and you probably haven't, but have you looked up what it costs to park uh, at the Trop for a spring training game this year? Five bucks? You're very close. Eight dollars. $8. Why can't the Rays do this for the games that matter or work in some sort of promotion of, Hey, if you're carpooling with two or more, three or more, four or more people, then you get the discount. Or if you've been to more than one or two or three Rays games this season, yeah, we'll give you that, um, that, that parking discount. $8 is lovely. I can deal with $8 when we're talking yeah. about $20, not to mention those games that, uh, again, you're trying to go on a weekday and you're trying to navigate the traffic and you're trying to navigate the parking before and after the game. It's just not a fun experience. Now I get it. If you just want to say, Hey, when uh, the Yankees are in town, the Red Sox are in town, you know, these three or four teams are in town. Fine. Okay. I can understand it. But, and again, Orioles are better now than they were in the past, but the Orioles are in town. The Royals are in town. The fill-in-the-blank Pirates Nationals are in town. Team of that ilk, why can't we make par parking $8, $10? That's all I'm asking here. If you're doing it during spring training, do it during the regular season as well. I agree 100% of uh, uh, everything you said. I'll subscribe to that, um, as you should also subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. I... I, I Eight dollars, like that's that's exact. That's that's so manageable. Like, yeah. imagine you're 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 you left work early. You get stuck in traffic. You're crossing the bridge. You know, you, everything's a mess. You've got your kits, and then you finally get there. And there's you know the cops are in the middle of the way, and mm -hmm. you finally get there, and they're like, oh, twenty dollars. <laughs> God, you like, oh my goodness, like no, that's it's not great. And you said, Oh, if you have four people in your car, uh, it would be free. And then people are like, Oh, you can't do that. They had, they did it. Yes. I'm, the, I'm that old. And I've been going to the Trump for over 20 years that I remember. And Pepperidge farms remembers that that used to be a thing Four people in a car. You're in for yeah. free. Stu, uh, again, remember the, the your Rays, ways. The Rays are very, on. yeah, the Rays are very progressive green initiative. Hey, if you're lugging in four more people in a vehicle, Here's your eight bucks. And yes. that would also have the added effect of, I mean, the raise at the end of the day may lose money on that, but that may have the added effect of, uh, I mean, it would 
fewer cars trying to navigate through traffic and trying to navigate through the single lane to get in and out the ingress and egress uh you know one car compared to two or three would be much more palatable uh for me and i think the rest of the fan base as well just throwing that out there if you can look the rays have already done a good thing by offering uh, $10 tickets to all home games from my understanding this season for certain areas. I just know that, Hey, if you want to go to a game, you can get in for $10. Uh, the parking thing is a separate deal. So just knock down that parking and I'll be a uh, uh, much, much happier camper. So um, we have uh, some listener takes and comments on uh, spring training. Apparently the fans have I, I don't know what they do all day because I guess they, they've got some actual analysis uh, on the field, um, which uh, we'll get into. We got a lot of interesting comments from them. But Ulysses, we have to tell everybody about our next sponsor. That's right. And that's Mobile Game Ultimate Baseball GM. If you're listening to this episode, which of course you're doing and you're subscribing to the YouTube channel, you're a baseball fan. So I know that you've dreamt of becoming an MLB GM. And so this, this dream can come true if you play this game. So manage every strategic aspect of the team. You play through the season and you lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, scouting and drafting players, and navigating the franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs through the season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline, which is awesome. You can play on the go and you don't need anything else. Okay, when you want to play, you can have it. So, Locked On Race listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N in the game store. So, please make sure to check that out to download the game. You can visit probaseballgm.com. You can scan the code or guess what? It's 2023. Look it up on the App Store. Much, much simpler. So again, Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. All right. We put it out on Twitter. The Rays have reached the midway point of spring training 2023. What are your takes and observations of the squad thus far? Uh, Ty McCann says Luke Rayleigh deserves a roster spot and he's going to be a key lefty bat for us to start the year. Hopefully uh, David Lopez says with the caveat that spring training results are not indicative of anything. I think this offense has the potential to be far better than most were expecting. Do you agree with that? If they stay healthy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joshua Garner and John uh, believe that Tristan Gray is uh, legit. I mean, I think he has legit tools, power for sure, some speed, athleticism to his name, but he strikes out a crap ton. He, you know, yeah, yeah. he, it's, that's untenable, quite frankly. Um, and he's not even on the 40 man, is he? I don't believe so. So, yeah, that might be perhaps a trade candidate. We'll see. Um, Grant Johansson says the offense has the possibility of being really deadly. If we get hot at the right time and stay healthy, we can go deep in October this year. Florida Man says WBC Classic is great for some starters to get playoff baseball in early. And now we get more of our prospects more at bats to show off in spring training. Uh, 
MLB Saradsky says, uh, well, he says Josh Reiki, but I mean, I guess he means Luke Rayleigh because I don't know who Josh Reiki is unless it's, you know, create a player. A combination, like maybe Josh and Rayleigh. I don't know. That's funny. Oh, yeah, possibly. Uh, so Josh and or Rayleigh are here to stay. Harold needs to be traded. Harold Ramirez needs to be traded. Okay. I mean, we've 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 said this since this player review we did last right. year. Like, you could sell high. Yeah, you could do that. That and, would be and the you time open to up a spot for Curtis Meads to to start right away. Which, by the way, won't happen. But you do open up a spot there yeah. uh, uh, if you wanted to carry both Aranda, Rayleigh, and Low. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah, you would just have to work it where they're kind of rotating DH. I don't know if you want to designate anybody that can be that full-time dh guy more mm -hmm. or less and again you are at the end of the day early on in the season you'd be or whenever they trade him you would be taking a a veteran player with um some pizzazz and some charisma out of the yeah. lineup and clubhouse so that matters some as well um bumblebee says we tried bringing up some triple a offense and it wasn't that successful maybe they'll do better this year I swear to God, if this season has as many injuries as last year, yeah, nobody wants that. Uh, Brian Kim says, really hope Josh Lowe and Luke Rayleigh can make the opening day roster. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Brian Stark says, Josh Lowe needs everyday playing time, and Vidal Brujan is trade fodder at this point. And then Chris Snyder says, for a team that fielded Yoshi Satsugo and Jordan Luplo, I don't see how Tristan Gray couldn't earn at least a couple of games to show his power and ability to hit on a higher level. Dude has bled for this team. Okay. So that's, that's a, that's, that's, that's a lot to say about Tristan Gray. I mean, it's Tristan. I don't, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. Is Tristan Gray just going bananas in spring training? Again, context, folks. This is against guys that are working out their repertoires that are just trying to loosen the muscles that, quite frankly, don't care, are just hoping to get out of the game and go to the bar. Uh, before traffic hits yeah. um guys that'll be uh in single a double a triple a like this is not we and again you can look at, at what he's done in the minor leagues the the numbers speak for themselves but i see a guy who hit 33 bombs and still had like a 760 ops in triple a that doesn't mm. that doesn't bode well for me and i think his k rate is above 30 percent as well if I so remember if correctly. his K rate is above 30% in triple a, I believe think so. about in, the, in the minors. Well, he had like 159 strikeouts and had to be close to 500 plate appearances or at bats. I mean, I you might as well add, add 10, add 10 percentage points to that strikeout rate. I know we're running along here, but I do want to uh, make the point with Tristan Gray. Okay. So 32% K rate wolf 225 average 282 on base 487 slug. That's an OPS of 769. I get it. So he has pop, but man, 32% strikeout rate at triple A. At triple A. If you remember this, and I always say this just because it's such a great imagery for race fans that have been race fans for a long time. Imagine Carlos Pena. Go back in your memory file, mm -hmm. Carlos Pena. And you're like, oh man, Carlos Pena used to strike out a heck ton. 25% career average. 25%. So you're telling me Tristan Gray, who is who has a 32% strikeout in AAA, is, is I mean, I I yeah. think you're reaching, uh, 
Mr. Snyder. I think you're reaching and everybody else who had that comment. Yeah. Uh, quad I player, you know, maybe give them a uh, fill in in a pinch. I mean, I would think that if Tristan Gray is getting hefty, meaningful at bats at the big league level for the Rays, then something has gone terribly, terribly wrong. Like Taylor Walls, you'd probably, you should probably have more confidence in Taylor Walls at the big league level than Tristan Gray at the big league level. If the Rays haven't added him to the 40, you should scratch your head and, 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 and question, hmm, why? So there it yeah. is. He doesn't walk either, by the way. For a guy with that pop, yeah, 159 6%. strikeouts to 30 walks. Come on, guys. No. I know we want I know we want pop. I, I know that. I understand that, but let's let's just I and lefty pop. I get it, yeah. but not at not at that rate. I mean, I, I want him, you know, protecting me at the club. I want him uh on my beer league softball team. I don't want him anywhere <laughs> anywhere near my major league roster. I'm sorry. All right. There we go. Locked on Tristan Gray. We done. Uh, thank you for uh, making us your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you on Friday.